emphysema, and COPD. What you need to know. Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we will be talking about COPD, also sometimes called emphysema, on Access Health Radio. And a good Sunday afternoon to you. I'm Mike Davis. Thanks for joining us. Dr. Forrest is a board-certified family physician from Apex, and we come to you each Sunday afternoon at this same time on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. We'd like to take just a moment to thank the companies that support Access Health Radio. We'd like to thank We Care Pharmacy of Apex for sponsoring our show. Uh, you can find them at WeCarePharmacyApex.com. Uh, the folks there have great customer service, and they also are really good about price matching. Uh, so check them out at WeCarePharmacyApex.com. We'd also like to thank Wake Family Eye Care and Dr. Badwan for sponsoring the show. And you can uh, find them at WakeFamilyEyeCare.com. Their number is 919 859-0777. And we'd also like to thank Marley Drug in Winston-Salem for supporting the show. They mail order generic medications directly to your home with free shipping at costs that are much lower often than the big box pharmacies. You can check them out at Marley Drug. That's M-A-R-L-E-Y drug.com. You know, Dr. Farce, we've been doing this show for several years now, and I don't think that we've actually talked about emphysema and COPD before. This might be one of those topics that folks have some follow-up questions for. Uh, how could they get those questions to you? Well, if they want to send a general question and possibly even have us answered on the air, uh, they can send that to accesshealthradio at gmail.com. Uh, if they want to hear the show again after it airs, they can go to WPTF.com and download a podcast there. Or we also upload to Apple Podcasts about an hour after the show each Sunday. And if they like information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, they can go to acchealth.com. That's A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Or give us a call at 919-363-0190. You know, Dr. Forrest, I'm glad we're covering this topic today. A lot of people have questions about using oxygen and inhalers to combat and get through the symptoms of COPD and emphysema. It's uh, it's not something that people talk a lot about. Yes, Mike. Uh, you know, emphysema or COPD is very common, and it affects about 10% of people over 40 years old. Um, the most common cause by far, of course, is smoking. Um, and doctors usually will suspect COPD or emphysema in people once they've smoked more than what we call 30 pack years. And uh, a pack year means the average number of packs per day multiplied times the number of years smoked. So somebody who smoked a pack a day for 30 years, that's 30 pack years. And, you know, whenever somebody has smoked and then they've had, uh, you know, symptoms of a chronic cough, especially when they get up in the morning, um, a lot of times we suspect COPD or what some people call emphysema. And, you know, as it progresses, uh, people will start to get short of breath with activity. And eventually they can become short of breath even without activity. I would say this is one of those diagnoses that sometimes I surprise people with. You know, uh, I'll just I'll, I'll tell them, you know, how are they doing with their breathing and uh, that kind of thing. And they'll they'll say, well, why? And I'll say, well, you know, because of your COPD and uh, they'll say, well, I didn't know it was, was official yet. And I'll, you know, I'll say, well, yeah, you know, you've, you've been smoking for a long time and 
you know, now I can hear that takes you a while to get your breath out and I hear some wheezing in there. Um, so it's something a lot of times kind of sneaks up on people. Uh, they, they realize maybe that they're having that chronic cough in the morning. They realize maybe they get a little short on their air if they go up a flight of stairs, but uh, it's something to, you know, to talk with your healthcare provider about, especially if you, you know, have a long smoking history and get them to let you know uh, kind of where you are um, with your lung function. What does COPD actually stand for, Dr. Forrest? Uh, it stands for chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Um, and part of the reason for that, which we, we can go into is, you know, what actually happens and what causes the symptoms. And, you know, when you take a breath of air, uh, in with oxygen, you breathe out air with carbon dioxide and with the COPD, it gets harder and harder to get out that carbon dioxide as the airways become damaged and they block your ability to breathe out. So the gas literally can't flow out of your lungs as well. And that's, that's the obstructive part of the disease. And eventually over time, it gets harder and harder to exchange that oxygen rich air for the carbon dioxide and the oxygen levels can drop. And at the same time, those carbon dioxide levels can get higher and higher. And at some point, carbon dioxide can build up enough in the body to actually be a poison or a toxin. And the blood can actually become acidic. And that type of respiratory failure, you know, often leads people with COP having to go into the hospital and, and sometimes even being put on a ventilator. Wow. Okay. Dr. Forrest, it's time right now for our access health tip of the week and i can guess what it's going to be <laughs> I, I bet you can well uh the tip of the week this week is that uh, copd and emphysema are almost entirely preventable in most cases by not smoking um, however if you are a smoker quitting is still the best thing you can do to treat the disease and stop it from getting worse uh, and while copd can result in permanent damage at any point quitting smoking usually improves the condition. And if you do it early enough, it can actually resolve the symptoms. So a couple things to remember. Number one, it's never too late to quit smoking. You're always going to do something good for your lungs uh, if you quit, even if you think it's too late. Um, and whether you have already have emphysema or COPD or not, or whether you just want to make sure you never get it and, and just prevent it altogether by never stopping smoking. Good advice. Thank you, Dr. Forrest. He is Dr. Brian Forrest, board-certified family physician from Apex and Access Healthcare. I'm Mike Davis. We'll talk about oxygen therapy for COPD and emphysema and what else can help the symptoms straight ahead on Access Health Radio. We're talking about emphysema or COPD today here on Access Health Radio. We come to you each week at this same time right here on WPTF with a different topic each week to make you and your life healthier. I'm Mike Davis with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. Uh, you've already mentioned, uh, Dr. Forrest, COPD, uh, a result of years of smoking. You actually talked about pack years equaling uh, smoking a pack a day for a year being a, a pack year. And clearly, the best thing that people can do is a never start smoking uh, or secondly, quit smoking. But what else can be done besides quitting smoking to help treat COPD? Well, first, um, there are a lot of inhaled medications that can improve symptoms. 
that can be confusing to patients because there are so many different types of inhalers and there's the kind that are portable in little canisters. There's the type that you put into a nebulized solution. And a lot of people have those machines at home that actually sort of make the mist and they put the, the medicine in that. Um, but generally what is preferred for people with what we call stable COPD uh, are called llamas and not the type of llama that, uh, that you like to pet and it's kind of <laughs> cute and cuddly. Uh, they're llamas, which uh, basically are type of inhaler that relaxes the muscles around the airways. And by relaxing those muscles, it decreases that obstruction some, stops the wheezing, it improves the coughing, and also improves the shortness of breath. Um, and then there's also a type of inhaler called a lava. And the lavas are ones that specifically are meant to open the airways. Uh, so I know a lot of people are familiar with albuterol. Albuterol and venlin has been used for asthma and for COPD for years. And essentially, that is in this kind of class, except it's a short-acting beta agonist. Uh, and those aren't preferred. Those are sort of used in case of emergency options. And the LABAs are just longer-acting versions of these. Um, and they can be combined with the, the LAMA inhalers um, and also with inhaled steroids to help with COPD. Generally speaking, though, we try to keep the number of medications and inhalers to a minimum. And we really only add medications depending on the severity of symptoms. And, uh, you know, the kind of last thing a lot of times we add are steroids. And if we do add steroids to the inhalers, we try to keep that dose as low as possible. Um, one of the things about COPD is you have to know kind of what stage you're in to know what kind of therapy you need. But beyond inhalers is oxygen therapy. And oxygen therapy, I know you've seen people with carrying around oxygen tanks and equipment and stuff like that. Generally, that's only needed once the oxygen level or oxygen saturation falls to lower than 89% when people are resting. Um, and beyond oxygen, and I can't really emphasize this enough, but pulmonary rehab, which is sort of like physical therapy for your lungs, is often overlooked. And a lot of people don't do that. But it's important to realize that your lungs need exercise just like a muscle. And people who are sedentary, and they're not exercising their lungs, they're not pushing themselves, getting any aerobic activity, um, they can lose their ability to be active, um, sort of that use it or lose it mentality, and not be able to do the things they really want to do. Dr. Forrest, I want to go back to something you were just touching on, that oxygen therapy and uh, the, the the oxygen tanks. You know, we've, we've seen folks that actually have those, those tanks actually on a, a small cart that they pull around with them. Uh, other people use these oxygen machines. Can, can you talk about the various options that we have and compare and contrast those? Well, first of all, the, you know, the oxygen tanks, they're, they're easy to use. They're very reliable. Um, and the really large ones can last a long time. Uh, but the problem with it is that the smaller tanks that are portable really don't last very long. And sometimes people, if they're going to go out or go out to eat or whatever, um, they have to carry multiple tanks. Mm. Uh, and that, that really can restrict sort of the activities outside of their house. Um, because, you know, doing something like just going out to dinner might require two or three tanks for some patients. Wow. Um, the advantage to the tanks is that they are covered by most insurances and they're, they're, they're not complicated and they're usually less expensive. Um, on the other hand, the electric oxygen concentrators, uh, they can make a constant supply of oxygen as long as they have some battery power 
or you know electrical power in your house and they can really be powered all day long um and you know if the power goes out this is one of those things that makes those patients uh, a priority to get the power back on uh, because if they don't have power and they're using one of the large oxygen concentrators in their house uh, they could literally run out of oxygen, oh, wow. even if they've got some of those tanks for backup. Sure. Um, they also make smaller portable electronic concentrators that run on rechargeable batteries. And those are really the most portable and convenient for most patients. Uh, but they typically are much more expensive. And a lot of times they're not covered very well by insurance. Uh, a typical unit of one of the portable electronic ones can cost several thousand dollars. And one of the important things with those is you don't need tanks, uh, but you do need to make sure you have backup batteries because if your charge on your battery runs down, uh, you need to have another battery you can put in your machine while you're charging up the one that ran down. And um, so it's important to remember that the oxygen uh, of any type usually only helps people if their resting oxygen saturation is less than 89%. Uh, one of the cool advances in technology, though, is uh, you know, you can get those portable oxygen meters that are actually really accurate, uh, even at the drugstore for under $50 a lot of times. And a lot of the smartwatches now have a oxygen sensor built into it. Mm. And you can actually check your pulse ox right on your watch. But what I would say is that for anybody that does have emphysema or COPD, it probably makes sense for them to have one of these oxygen sensors so they know if they're, if they're sitting still and at rest, and that number is running consistently under 89%, they really do need to talk with their healthcare provider about getting some type of oxygen to use. Now, Dr. Forrest, with these different inhalers, the oxygen, pulmonary uh, rehab, what happens when people use these or they, they go through that process, uh, but they still have trouble breathing? What happens then? Well, unfortunately, Mike, uh, COPD is a progressive disease, and the only thing that really slows it down is to stop smoking. Um, but, you know, the years that you did smoke put extra mileage on your lungs. And normally, for all of us, even those that didn't smoke, your lung function naturally declines as you get older. So, you know, if the therapies we mentioned are not enough, then unfortunately, patients can die of respiratory failure. And sometimes when people reach a severe stage of COPD, there is another type of machine that can be used to help them sort of get rid of that extra carbon dioxide buildup. And it's kind of similar to the CPAP machines people use for sleep apnea, except these are a little bit more advanced and they actually help people keep the airways open enough that they can get that carbon dioxide out. So, um, but these machines have been really good at helping people with severe COPD not have to go into the hospital so much because typically people with severe COPD, you know, have a history of going to the hospital several times a year for what are called COPD exacerbations. And those are times when basically that carbon dioxide is building up too much. Uh, Dr. Forrest, is COPD the, uh, the disease that led people back in the day, years and years ago, to have a need for an iron lung or am I thinking of something different? Well, the, the iron lung was sort of a type of ventilator, but I think they were using that for, at the time, historically, other problems. Mm -hmm. you know, people back then had tuberculosis mm -hmm. and other types of respiratory problems. 
Um, so I'm not sure in the modern era it's been used that much for COPD, but it, it was in the past. I got you. I got you. Now, Dr. Forrest is going to discuss the key points about emphysema and COPD coming up straight ahead and our Access Health Radio's Trivia of the Week. We're talking COPD and emphysema today and what you can do about it here on Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. Dr. Forrest, time now for the Access Health Trivia of the Week. Well, it's no surprise that our Trivia of the Week this week is going to be about COPD and asthma. Um, You know, I was actually surprised. I knew that COPD was common, um, but I did not realize it was the sixth leading cause of death. Mm. Um, you know, we think of heart disease and we think of cancer and those type things, but I was surprised to find out it was the sixth leading cause of death and that globally every year it causes over 3 million deaths and 150,000 of the deaths each year are in the United States. So it really is a, a common problem. And unfortunately it's one of the, the common things that people die from in the U S. So I guess the good news about it is, is that it is mostly preventable. Yeah, that is the good news, and uh, hopefully some people listening today will give up the cigarettes. What are some keys to remember uh, from today's topic on COPD, Doc? Well, first, uh, you know, most emphysema and COPD is preventable um, if you just never smoke. Uh, just, just so we mentioned, there are some exceptions to that. So people that live in, you know, really highly polluted areas, um, or places where, you know, there's a lot of smoke. We just recently had some, some issues with air quality in our area. Um, if you live somewhere like that all the time, you can actually get COPD from, uh, from those contaminants and from smoke. Um, but mostly quitting is the number one way to prevent it and treat it. Um, second, there are very effective treatments for COPD and there have been a lot of advances in those inhaler therapies just in the last few years. So, Uh, You know, since about 2017, 2019, there's been a lot of advances in the medications and they've actually changed the guidelines. So one of the things to remind people of is if you have a diagnosis of emphysema or COPD, make sure you're getting cutting edge treatment with the best uh, medications. Uh, Just using albuterol or venolin or even Combavent, which are some of the old solutions, really are sort of outdated treatments and there's new therapies that work much better. Um, and also remember, if you check your pulse ox, whether that's with a smartwatch uh, at rest or you, you know, your healthcare provider checks it and you're getting less than 89% at rest, you need to talk to your healthcare provider about oxygen treatment. And, you know, I can't emphasize this enough. I've known a lot of patients with COPD, and I think one of the things they take for granted is one of the most important things you can do if you have COPD to help with your function is to move. Um, you know, being sedentary always makes symptoms worse, and patients that start to exercise some and do some pulmonary rehab uh, do much, much better. Thanks, Dr. Forrest. That's all the time we have for this week. That concludes our show. We hope we got some information for patients that will help you with COPD or emphysema. And our scripture this week is from Genesis 2 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.